Gladiator 2 has wrapped filming. Alec Baldwin has officially been indicted for involuntary manslaughter. Tron Ares begins filming. And the BAFTA nominations have been announced. Let's get into this week's movie news, everybody. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lust podcast. You have Anthony here. James is quite busy over in England, so I'm taking over duties for the episode solo. But we don't need him to have a good time, do we? Now, there's a bunch of great stories out this week, as well as new box office reports in a couple of great trailers that dropped. Let's get into that box office. So... At number one in its second week, Mean Girls stayed on top of the box office with $11 million. It's closing in on $50 million already domestically, and it's doing pretty well overseas. This is a big hit as they're already about to profit on the film in less than three weeks of release. In second place, Jason Statham's The Beekeeper came out with $8.5 million in its second week as well. A very healthy performance for a Jason Statham movie. It actually performed better than The Expendables 4, which came out uh, middle of last year. And Expendables 4 had a huge ensemble, but but The Beekeeper is already about to beat that film's entire domestic and global run. Not to mention The Expendables 4 had a budget of about $100 million, whereas The Beekeeper has a very mid-range budget of about 30 to $35 million. So The Beekeeper performing very well domestically, closing in on $30 million as well as internationally. Globally, it's it's closing in on 50 mil, so it looks like Jason Statham may have a new franchise on his hands. He's had he's carried franchises before, most famously from the Transporter franchise, which is a film series that James and I grew up watching and loving, so he's kind of going back to his roots after Guy Ritchie discovered him, and it looks like the Beekeeper could be here to stay. It might be a new kind of like John Wick action series for the future. In third place, Wonka is still making chocolate. With $6.7 million, and I think it's sixth weekend or seventh weekend, Timothy Chalamet's film is still performing very well all over the world with audiences everywhere, closing in on $400 million for its entire global run. Excellent performance for the film. Another movie that's surprising everybody around the world is Anyone But You, which is still holding strong, being the only rom-com out, and great word of mouth has gotten people all over the, the world interested. So in its fifth week, fourth weekend, it made $5.5 million, and it's being distributed and released more internationally right now. And it's also doing great with word of mouth all over the globe. So this is turning into a runaway success for the studio and for these actors leading their first huge rom-com together. Then in fifth place, we had Illumination's Migration, uh, being one of the better family films to see right now. It's doing very well. And then... One film debuted this week for the first time, and that is ISS, which is the new space station horror thriller movie uh, set upon the International Space Station. This film debuted with a lackluster $3 million opening weekend. This is looking like it could be the biggest bomb of the year. Now, oftentimes movies are sent to January to kind of die when studios don't feel they'll perform well. And I think that ISS is one of those cases where the trailer wasn't really that exciting and it has a C- minus cinema score, which is actually really hard to do to make audiences not like your movie that much. So it doesn't seem like this movie is going to do much after this weekend. A very big hit for the studio that made it because it clearly had a pretty hefty budget with all that CGI and production design. So ISS 
just debuted and will probably be leaving cinemas not too far from now. All right, now let's get into the top stories so far this week. Now, a movie that we are heavily anticipating that comes out very soon, only in November. So Gladiator 2 has officially wrapped filmmaking and Ridley Scott and Paul Meskel celebrated by smoking a pair of stogies together. What better way to celebrate them with some cigars? Now, uh, we got some messages from fans wondering how the film will be able to come out in November if they've just wrapped filming. It seems like, you know, post-production on a movie like this should at least take a year. But keep in mind, they actually filmed a majority of Gladiator 2 before the strikes ever happened in 2023. So I'm sure that they got a lot of posts done, a lot of even probably got a ton of CGI done as well. And so they have a head start essentially after this wrapping um, uh, picture lock date. So I'm really excited for this. Uh, Connie Nielsen is returning to the film series as well as newcomer to the franchise, Denzel Washington. I am so curious to see Denzel in this world that Ridley Scott created. And next up, uh, probably the most dramatic story of the week has got to be the Alec Baldwin news. So he has been indicted on involuntary manslaughter. This will be the second time he'll face a trial for uh, the tragedy that happened during uh, the the production of Rust. Now, the grand jury's indictment comes after the same New Mexico prosecutors dismissed the involuntary manslaughter charges against him in April. So if you remember, middle of last year, in the spring of last year, he actually beat the charges and the case was dropped. However, this is a new indictment. Uh, Baldwin has maintained in interviews with ABC News and CNN that he didn't pull the trigger and that the gun was declared cold with no live ammunition by assistant director Dave Halls. Halls recently pleaded no contest in March to misdemeanor charge of negligent use of a deadly weapon and was sentenced to serve six months of unsupervised probation. Uh, is that even a punishment? Uh, quote from Baldwin, I feel that someone is responsible for what happened and I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. He said in an interview with ABC in December 2021. The film's armorer, Anna Gutierrez-Reed, was charged last year with involuntary manslaughter, and her trial is set to begin February 21st. She has pleaded guilty. She has pleaded not guilty. I'm sorry, not guilty. Uh, this is obviously a crazy situation, and in my opinion, so he's already beat charges that were previous, previously brought, brought against him, and this is basically like a, a new trial with a new jury, so... My guess is the prosecuting team is trying to pin Baldwin as the, the person responsible. Uh, and it could be because, you know, if he's uh, condemned as responsible in any way by a jury, I assume that would mean that uh, the prosecuting can then, the victims and prosecuting team can, can then sue him um, for negligence because he'll be found guilty. Uh, that, and that would uh, allow them to probably sue for quite a lot of money because he's very wealthy. So that's my guess about why the prosecuting team is trying to do another trial. I don't know what happened on set. I'm not quite sure. Nobody really is who wasn't there. And even the people that were there, that seems to be conflicting opinions. But I will say that, you know, Alec Baldwin's, Alec Baldwin's job on the set was actor. His job description was actor. Um, he was not the firearms expert. He was not the stunt coordinator. Um, he was not... Um, the ar armor, and so I, if I was going to say people should be held responsible, it would be the people in charge of the firearms and not 
the actor whose job description is acting, not handling weaponry. So uh, it's it's a crazy situation, and it's complicated for sure. Um, I, I would say, I don't know, it, it, to, tell, to hold blame on the actor. Um, and I saw, I've seen plenty of comments, and I've had conversations with people about, yeah, but he shouldn't have aimed the gun at, at the people. I mean, if you watch plenty of action movies, actors are aiming the gun literally right at the camera thousands of times, and that's just just to get the right shot. So um, it's a it's a complex situation. I can't quite see how an actor can be held responsible completely for this. So we'll see when the trial be- begins. They haven't announced the date that I know of, um, but we'll see what happens. Oh, so the char- it'll start in April. Sorry. All right. Let's move on to a lighter note. The BAFTA nominations have been announced, and to no surprise by anybody, Oppenheimer leads the pack with 11 nominations. Poor Things came in second place with a number of nominations and other films that we've seen with plenty of nominations in the previous awards. uh, Institutions have received nominations as well as a few British films got some more love, so All of Us Strangers got some more love than other institutions have given it. They also have really cool categories that I wasn't quite aware of. The BAFTAs have a casting category, so best casting, and casting directors are nominated, and I think that's a really great category. Hopefully they can throw that into the Academy Awards one day because casting is so important. They also have a best first-time debut director, which I think is a really cool category to have. Maybe the Academy Awards can make something like that happen in the future as well. Just to shed some light on new voices in a way that you know other institutions never really do. So if you want to check out all of the BAFTA nominations, go ahead and see them on their official website and all over the website, all over the internet. Next up, speaking of awards, the Oscars are going to announce their nominations this upcoming Tuesday morning. Zazie Beetz and Jack Quaid have been announced to be the announcers of every nomination, so we'll all be looking forward to seeing what the Oscar nominations have in store for us on Tuesday. Now let's get into some production news. Tron Ares, the third film in the Tron franchise, has officially begun filming, and Disney posted an on-set photo on their Instagram of a Tron chair on set. So nobody's seen in the image, just a chair with the Tron logo in it, and it's Tron with the three instead of the O. Very creative. So Tron Ares will hopefully be coming out, I think, next summer. And the, this sequel is going to star Jared Leto, Evan Peters, and Greta Lee. So looking forward to seeing some more content and teases for this upcoming film. And I believe, actually, I've been saying it wrong. You're supposed to call it Tron Ares. Ares. Anyways... Chris Pratt and Taylor Kish are returning for a Terminalist prequel. The hit Amazon series is making a prequel. Now, there's a bunch of books uh, written on in this franchise, and a lot of the story can act- actually takes place before the events of the first season of The Terminalist. I won't spoil why it has. This has to be a prequel, but if any, but it, it has to be a prequel. It can't really be a sequel to have both these pieces involved. This is going to be called. The Terminalist Dark Wolf and begins production this year. I think that the chemistry between Kish and Pratt was so palpable. And one of the reasons why that season of television worked really well, in my opinion, they just they just clicked. Some actors just clicked together. They just feel like, oh, these are real buddies. These are these are two people who really have been friends for 20 years, even though Pratt and Kish had never worked together before. They had that immensely right off the bat. And so I think it's very smart if they're rather than doing a direct sequel to the series, do a prequel 
and get these two talents involved because the rapport really was that powerful in the series. We got some Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan news. So the regular collaborators have just announced that they're making a new film. So Ryan Coogler's major debut, Fruitvale Station, starred Michael B. Jordan, which was also his huge breakout in Hollywood after doing some smaller roles. Then they did Creed, and then they did Black Panther, obviously. This will be their fourth film together. And to the surprise of many of us, it's actually going to be a vampire film. Ryan Coogler previously teased this week that it was going to be a genre-specific film. And now news is out that it's going to be a vampire film. So this makes me very intrigued. I think Ryan Coogler is extremely talented, a fantastic filmmaker, and I can't wait to see him do a horror film, let alone a vampire movie. So this is very interesting. All right. An announcement has been made for an SNL biopic movie. This is going to star the Fablemans actor Gabriel LaBelle, who played basically Steven Spielberg role in the Fablemans. He will be playing... Lorne Michaels in a film about the opening night of SNL's first live show. We all know the TV show has been on for airing for over 40 years. So this is basically SNL Origins. They should just call it SNL Origins. So this film will take place, I assume, over that week-long preparation for their first ever live show. This could be a lot of fun. I think it's a great idea for a movie. Rather than doing like an epic film about the history of SNL, there's that would just be too much and you'd have to pack so many things into it, not to mention all of these famous celebrities and actors and comedians who have performed on the show. Like, How are you going to cherry pick what moments you use because there's been so many iconic moments? I think it's actually really smart to do like a very small self-contained film about just that opening show because it really was a groundbreaking piece of television that you know changed things in a lot of ways and it's so impactful in media and TV uh, going forward. So I think it's a, it's a really cool concept uh, for a film. Next up, Netflix has released the official posters for Avatar The Last Airbender and they look solid. They look very good. Aang looks great. I'm still just a little skeptical about everything because uh, as we've reported before, the show, the creators and showrunners of the original series left the project from Netflix. So I'm just not sure. Maybe it'll be good. Uh, One Piece fans were very happy with their One Piece show. However, in that case, the creator was heavily involved in the production of the live action adaptation. So, and this is a case where the creators left for creative differences. So what, what are those differences? Why didn't Netflix want to follow their lead? I'm not really sure. We'll find out why, but for the most part, it looks good. It looks pretty good. And these posters are, in a way, they're, they're very solid posters. All right, next up, Mission Impossible 7, Dead Reckoning Part 1, has officially changed its title going forward. So the film will no longer be referred to as a Part 1. For now, it will always be remembered as Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Nothing more, nothing less. So the Part 1 has officially been removed by the studio. So when you see it on streaming apps, when you see it online, it's always going to be Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning now. Part 8, I mean, <laughs> Mission Impossible 8 is not even going to use the Dead Reckoning moniker. So Mission Impossible 8 will have a new second title. We're not sure what that is yet. I'm sure it's going to be something that sounds cool because they always pick good ones. I always knew that Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 was uh, way too much of a mouthful for audiences 
it's like so many words. Um, it just it made sense to get rid of the part one. I think they just want to make it easier for people to understand what it is. Uh, it was just a little too complicated, too wordy of a title. Um, I'm sure that Mission Impossible 8 is still going to be basically the second part of the story. Um, but no more Dead Reckoning, so we'll see what Mission MI8's title will actually be. I'm very curious. All right, there are a couple of great trailers that were released. Not too many, but a couple of great ones. So Adam Sandler's upcoming film for Netflix, Spaceman, dropped its first official trailer. This stars Carrie Mulligan as well as Paul Dano, who voices some kind of alien creature that was born, that was from the beginning of time. It looks really interesting. This comes from the director of Chernobyl, so I have high hopes for this because Chernobyl is one of the best pieces of television I've ever seen in my life. So Adam Sandler plays uh, an astronaut on a very long solo mission. He's at, He's been at space for about 180 days now, and he's clearly having he's clearly struggling dealing with reality and trying to cope with the solitude. Um, and this is and, and this is leading to an encounter in which some really ancient creature just shows up inside of the trip inside of the ship. And this creature, it's like a spider-like animal that can communicate with Adam Sandler's character and tells him that he's a being from the beginning of time and he's here to help him as Adam Sandler's character struggles to cope with where he is, what he's, what's happening in his mind, as well as the memories of his wife played by Carrie Mulligan. So this looks really interesting. And Adam Sandler, when he wants to act his ass off, he can do it. So I'm looking forward to seeing this. It looks like a really interesting project. My favorite trailer of the week, however, was for a TV series, The Gentleman. It's going to be a TV series spinoff adaptation of Guy Ritchie's excellent crime film, The Gentleman. This is going to be starring Theo James and Giancarlo Esposito. And man, it looks awesome. It looks rough. It looks gritty, stylish, suave, cool, drugs, death, murder, all sorts of gangster shit. Right up my alley. I love The Gentleman. And I think that this is a really cool idea for a show. And Theo James seems to really fit the world that Guy Ritchie created perfectly. So I'm looking forward to checking this show out once it drops. But if you haven't seen this trailer, check it out for sure. All right, let's get back into some more movie news. I'm really excited about this. So casting has been announced for Steven Soderbergh's upcoming film, Black Bag. We got Kate Blanchett and Michael Fassbender joining forces... This is insane. Two of my favorite actors working today are going to be acting in a film together. Now, Michael Fassbender previously worked with Steven Soderbergh in his film Haywire, uh, which which starred uh, Gina Carano. It's a really cool action movie. If you haven't seen it out, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It has some of the most realistic, authentic fight sequences I've seen um, the century. And there's a great fight between Fassbender and Carano that you gotta you gotta check it out. Soderbergh actually has. Another film premiering at Sundance right now. Somehow the guy just he just keeps making movies. It seems like every two year, every year he has like two movies coming out. So I'm just I think Cape Blanchett and Michael Fassbender. There's so much potential there uh, as this duo. So I'm really looking forward to seeing them share the screen together. Next up, last week we talked about 28 Years Later being shopped around Hollywood. And rumors are that Warner Brothers is the frontrunner to acquire the rights to 28 years later. And if they do 
seal the deal, they'll make a trilogy of sequels, not reboots, Jim, not reboots, a series of sequels to 28 months later. So I can't wait for this. Also, it was announced that Daisy Ridley's salary for Star Wars The New Jedi Order is $12.5 million. So this is her salary for returning to the role of Rey Skywalker in the upcoming New Jedi Order film. Honestly, I love Daisy Ridley. I think she's extremely talented. And she earned a huge payday like this from her work in the uh, in the trilogy that she just did. Honestly, get your get your bag. Get that bag. You you deserve it. You earned it. She's a really talented actor. And I I mean, I know not many people are very excited for this film, but I'm gonna hold out hopes. We'll see. We'll see some footage and um, I'm sure they start production very soon. So but good for her for getting that payday. For anyone who wanted a sequel to the Polar Express, well now it's time to celebrate because the studio behind the film has announced that a second is being worked out right now and is currently in the writing stage. So I'm guessing we're going to get a Polar Express 2 return to North Pole by Christmas next year. All right, speaking of Guy Ritchie, once again, we mentioned last week that his next film was announced and is called The Fountain of Youth. And he's going to be starring John Krasinski and Natalie Portman as estranged siblings who start who seek out the, the fabled Fountain of Youth. Two high-profile actors just joined the cast, Aitza Gonzalez and Donald Gleason. Uh, Aitza previously worked with, worked with Guy Ritchie a couple years ago. Uh, Donald hasn't been in the Guy Ritchie world yet, but I'm really, I think they're both very talented actors, and I can't wait to see them. All these actors, I love all these actors. That's a great cast. Aitza Gonzalez, Donald Gleason, Natalie Portman, John Krasinski. That's just a banging cast. All right, up to Michael Jackson news. So, Antoine Fuqua is currently in production of a biopic about the famed legendary entertainer Michael Jackson, and they released the first photo of the lead actor playing Jackson's role. So, it's actually Michael Jackson's nephew, Jafar Jackson, who is acting as Michael Jackson in this film. And they released this black and white photo of him in a dance studio doing uh, one of the iconic Jackson MJ moves with some cool lighting pouring in through the windows. It's a nice little tease. It's kind of perfect. It, he, he fits the, the silhouette and the framing that MJ was famous for. And it looks like he could... Uh, he has like the physicality for sure, so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some first footage and maybe a teaser trailer sometime soon. Next up, some John Williams news. Sony has officially named the ma- the music building on its studio lot the John Williams Music Building, uh, and there's a really great photo of John Williams standing outside the building with his name on it. It's just you know, just it warms my heart, uh, and he's just he's just the best. And one of the reasons for this is the composer actually recorded over 20 of his famous scores in that particular building. So I think it's just so fitting that Sony uh, decided to name the building after uh, the most important man in the history of cinematic music. So kudos to John Williams and Sony. The John Williams music building. I hope that like just when you walk into that building, the themes from all of his movies just play. That would be fantastic. All right, next up we have the first images from Jesse Eisenberg's upcoming directing debut, A Real Pain. Now, this film is going to star Jesse Eisenberg and Kieran Culkin, who will play cousins 
They travel to Poland after their grandmother passes away in an effort to learn more about her and where she came from and end up joining a Holocaust tour. That's all we have for our synopsis. Uh, they've released a few photos, and it I I know without a shadow of a doubt that Eisenberg and, and Culkin will have great chemistry together. They seem they seem already like so similar. They seem like cousins in a way. You know, they have that such similar vibes. And they're both very funny, so uh, I can't wait to see a trailer for this, and I think it's a really fun pairing to see. And our final bit of news for today is news about an A24 film. So their delayed film Problemista, which was supposed to come out last year, but was delayed because of the strikes, has finally set a release date of March 22nd. So anyone who has been anticipating the upcoming film from Julio Torres can now see it March 22nd. So mark your calendars. Okay, that's it for this week's movie news. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Become a patron today at patreon.com to help support the show in any way you can. You can also join the $5 tier if you would like to get ad-free episodes of this show. So if you have that $5 tier, you never have to hear an ad whenever you listen to an episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast. We appreciate anyone who is happy to support the show. Feel free to like, subscribe, comment on all of our platforms. Be sure to leave us an Apple review that would help us out so much and a five-star rating on Spotify. We would appreciate that. James will be back next week. We'll see you all soon. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes this week. We've got a lot of great stuff in store for you. See you next time. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button as well, notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.